The Truth and Love Ministry is pleased to present Truth and Love Radio with former Muslim and now Christian pastor Sharam Hadian. Sharam is from Iran and is now a proud U.S. citizen living in Washington State. In addition to being a pastor and conference speaker, he is also the host of the weekly television program Till TV. And now, here is your host, Sharam Hadian. This is Pastor Sharam Hadian, and I'm glad you can join us for the program today here on Truth and Love Radio. We are discussing biblical Zionism. What a topic. And uh, discussing uh, also specifically why a former Muslim, a, a Persian Christian, because <laughs> I am a Christian I'm, and I'm also Persian from Iran, why would I support the right of the Jewish people to their land, to their homeland? And, the, and, and why do I believe uh, in, in, in the promises of God that are available for today? Why should we be Zionist? And how can we redeem the word Zionism into a biblical context? These and many more questions uh, and, and topics we're going to discuss over the next few shows. Uh, I encourage you to, to, if you haven't listened to part one already, listen to part one that I did on the land covenant, the Abrahamic covenant specifically, and the, the land covenant of the Abrahamic covenant that deals with a incredible promise in Genesis 15, 18 given to the nation of Israel that, um, that one was unilateral, unconditional, which means that it has nothing to do with obedience of Israel. Two, it has never been fulfilled because there's never been that land mass from the river of Egypt to the great river Euphrates given to the Jewish people. And three, um, the, 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 the seed again of the Messiah and the promise that is given there of, of, of the blessings of the Messiah, um, come from this incredible, um, uh, promise in the Abrahamic covenant that is only to the heir, that is only to the heir of Abraham. And the, and, and the heir of Abraham can only be Isaac, not Ishmael. So the Arabs have no claim or stake to this land covenant, to this land promise. But today I want to also discuss um, some other problems that are there of what is turning Christians away from support, biblical support of Israel, biblical support of the Jewish people, biblical support of the right to the land, and and many other uh, um, things that are happening in the world today. In fact, one of the uh, greatest threats, I believe, uh, that is causing great confusion in the church is what is called replacement theology or supersessionism. So I want to cover some of the pitfalls that are there. Maybe you believe this. Maybe you, you have, you have believed this. Uh, I'm sure you know some who do believe these, uh, what I believe errors that are going to be covered, uh, for you here. And then we're going to look at this Heir promise again, the promise of the heir, the promise of the seed that, as I mentioned on the last program in Genesis 22, when the Lord asks Abraham, Abraham, where is your only son when he's about to sacrifice Isaac? That speaks of the, the, the seed promise through the lineage of Isaac, which ultimately we know in Matthew chapter one, where we're given the evidence that it is fulfilled in the Messiah, in Yeshua, in Jesus, and going back and trace back to uh, not just the throne of David, but to the lineage of Isaac, Jacob, and then Isaac. So today I want to look at a little bit more of this 
um, of, of what actually the New Testament and the Apostle Paul speaks of, this promise and this heir, uh, and why it can only fit the Jewish people and why it is active today and has not been fulfilled. So let me quickly just reference for you some of these errors that, that, as I already mentioned, one, a major one being replacement theology or supersessionism. We're also going to look at preterism and what preterism is or partial preterism. Um, we will also look at, uh, whether I, whether I get to it today or not, uh, four different views of, um, of the end times of the millennial reign of Christ, which plays into these errors, which I, what I believe to be errors, what, what I believe the Bible is very clearly espousing as errors. And I'm going to mention them to you very quickly here, and then we'll, we'll, you know, we'll get to them when we get to them. So bear with me. Uh, one is, of course, uh, and this is not an error. Uh, I don't believe this is, this is an error at all. Uh, but the first one, the first view of the end times, and, 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 and the preparation leading up to the coming of, second coming of Christ. Well, let me say this way. I think that hopefully all Christians can agree that Jesus Christ is coming back. And he is coming back for a second advent, that he's come first and that he's coming again, that he came first as a suffering servant, uh, and he's coming again as a conquering king. So I hope we can all agree on that. But what there's great disagreement on is the role of Israel today, the plight of the Jewish people, uh, where does it all fit in, and how does this all play out before the coming of Christ, and then what about the millennial reign? Is it literal? Is it spiritual? So one view is called dispensational premillennialism, dispensational premillennialism. Another view is called historical premillennialism, Another one is called post-millennialism. And then one more that you're probably familiar with is called ah-millennialism, also referred to as nunc-millennialism or inaugurated millennialism. So we'll cover this down the road in these programs of why we are ought to be biblical Zionists and have a correct view of not just the end times, but also of the nation of Israel and the Jewish people. So let's talk briefly, before we jump into uh, the book of Galatians, let's quickly discuss replacement theology, because this is a major problem, folks. It's a major growing problem, particularly uh, very much being advocated in the social justice churches, in the social justice movement, where either uh, they advocate for neutrality on Israel and the Jewish people and the land of Israel, or they are siding with the Palestinians and siding with the idea that Israel indeed is an occupier and is illegitimately occupying the land that is not supposed to belong to them anymore. Where does this come from? Well, a lot of it comes from from replacement theology, also, as I said, called supersessionism. So here's the, the gist of what replacement theology teaches. It teaches that the church today, that where you see in the New Testament the word church, that this has superseded any mention or plan of God for Israel, specifically for the Jewish people. So the the adherence of replacement theology, which I said, according to some studies that I've seen, is now close to 67, 68% of professing Christians or evangelicals. Uh, Christians, I think. Uh, I think it's a little bit lower in the evangelical community, but it's still very alarming how high it is. 
that the adherents of replacement theology believe that Jews are no longer God's chosen people and that God does not have a specific future plan for the nation of Israel. Well, of course, one of the major problems here is that Israel became a nation. So a hundred years ago, when there was no Israel, there was no nation, one could argue, okay, all these promises have been done away with. Uh, Jerusalem fell in AD 70. Israel was diaspora, or the Jewish people, I should say, were diaspora, scattered across the, the world. Um, so therefore, you know, all the prophecy in the Old Testament, yeah, they, they're, they're done away with. They're for the church today. Well, he, what's the major problem? When Israel becomes a nation, when the Jewish people are brought back into their homeland, when, when Jews are being gathered from across the world and brought back into, into modern day Israel in fulfillment of prophecy that they believed was spiritualized, because that's one of the, one of the key components of the replacement theology camp is that they ultimately, folks, have to spiritualize many, many, uh, promises. Uh, in the Old Testament, in the, in the scriptures concerning the blessings and restoration of Israel to the promised land. They have to spiritualize or allegorize these promises because otherwise it doesn't fit. Because if you claim like preterism does that this has been a lot of these promises or all these promises have been fulfilled back, you know, back in the fall of Jerusalem in AD 70, then if, so you either have to be in the preterist camp or partial preterist camp, which I'll cover more in a minute, or you, if you're in the replacement theology camp and you have this view, well, these scriptures are clear and they're literal. So the only way to get around them is to allegorize them, to spiritualize them. So therefore, they will say that the 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 the, the relationship between the church and Israel is that the church has replaced Israel. That's replacement theology. Some would say the church is an expansion of Israel. That's covenant theology. Whereas the biblical Zionist point of view would be that the church is completely different and distinct from Israel, the Jewish people, and the and the promises. Now, when it comes to the gospel, no, I am certainly not in any way advocating for uh, for dual covenant in this sense. That there is a separate salvation for the Jews that, than there is for the rest of us. No, I'm not advocating it at all. There is one gospel and one salvation, one Messiah, and his name is Jesus. His name is Yeshua, the same Messiah that is available to the Jews, that is available to the Gentiles. So Jews must believe today, today in the same Messiah that we have put our faith and trust in, in belief to be saved. But yet there is a distinct uh, uh, dealing plan of God with the nation of Israel and the Jewish people and the land promise. As I said in the last program, the seed promise has been fulfilled as far as the first coming of Christ because where the Jews, of course, the Jews reject that, right? The Jews say uh, they reject Jesus as the Messiah, which is a huge problem. But we know that the seed promise of the Abrahamic covenant has already come to pass because the Messiah has come first time and is coming again second time. So we don't need to allegorize it. It's already happened. It's literal. It literally happened. 
And and again, we trace that, as I said, back, and we're going to look at that in a minute in, in this show. Uh, I, I promise I won't leave you hanging. We're going to look at that uh, as what Paul says in Galatians chapter 4, but very clearly that traces back to uh, Abraham through the lineage of Isaac. The national promise, though, that was given that that through the uh, through Abraham the nations will be blessed. Well, partially part of that has been fulfilled because yes, the nations come through Abraham uh, and, and they are blessed because of the Messiah. But but there was a, there was a national promise given to Israel, which, as I said on the last program, was only partially fulfilled during the reign of uh, uh, Saul, David, Solomon, and then it, Israel ceased to exist after five eighty six until May 1948. So the promise was a forever promise. It can't be forever if it ceased to exist for that time. And and again, for, for, for those who would have said, oh, it's already done away with or fulfilled or doesn't apply, they could have made that argument 100 years ago maybe before we saw Israel become a nation again. You see, that is a major, major problem to their argument, which is why they have to argue and people in the replacement camp would have to argue that Israel is illegitimately in its land, and it's a Zionist, quote, now not Zionist in a biblical sense, but Zionist in a globalist, uh, cabal sense, that, that, uh, uh, it's the globalist Zionists that have concocted the story with the Jews to bring him into the land and, and, and so on and so on. Folks, this is all conspiracy stuff. It's not rooted in scripture. We have to not allegorize or spiritualize, and, and of course, the major problem is the is is that you have the continuing existence of the Jewish people throughout the centuries, and then you have the revival of the modern state of Israel, right? So, if Israel was condemned by God and there is no future Jewish nation, how do you explain the, the the supernatural survival of the Jewish people for two thousand years? How do you explain the supernatural birth of the Jewish nation despite all odds? How do you explain the supernatural victories of Israel, like the the sixty seven uh, uh, war uh, to reclaim Jerusalem uh, when they were outnumbered? How do you explain these things? How do you explain the the, the, the historic aspect of President Trump declaring? Jerusalem to be the eternal capital of Israel. I mean, these are incredible things. So we will deal with this more, but obviously I believe scripture is very clear that replacement theology is error. Supersessionism is error. And even covenant theology that says that the church is an expansion of Israel is mostly error. I mean, expansion is in, if you want to say that, that, that we have been grafted again into the tree that is, that is Israel, that the Messiah was Jewish and came for the Jewish people first and then to the Gentiles. Okay. I can buy that, but not as far as saying that the church again in any way, shape or form has replaced Israel or God's plan for Israel. And that's why I believe that, uh, uh, a, a dispensational premillennialism is the correct view of scripture. Now, quickly, let's deal with preterism. What is preterism? The word preterism is from the Latin word for praetor. It means something that's past or beyond. So obviously, the idea of preterism is that these promises that were given to Israel have been passed. They have been fulfilled. A a full preterist, a full-blown preterist would say that every promise that was given, uh, going back to the uh, prophecy in Daniel chapter 9, was fulfilled 
uh, sorry, let me say it again. Not just Daniel chapter 9, but also in the book of Revelation. All of these promises were fulfilled, particularly in AD 70 with the fall of Jerusalem, the destruction of Jerusalem. A partial preterist would say, well, there were some things that were fulfilled and some things that are yet to come. Um, so they're sort of in the middle of the camp, but they believe that, 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 uh, ultimately, uh, AD 70 and the destruction of Jerusalem was the end of the story for Israel. And so how they're, how they are not replacement theology, to me, a preterist would also be in the replacement theology camp. Because if they obviously believe the promises are all done away with, they got to believe that, um, uh, or well, I guess they could say, I guess they could say that, well, okay, when it was talking about Israel in the New Testament of the Jewish people, it was only talking about up until AD 70. And once Jerusalem fell, it's all over. Or they would say that Israel is is today pagan, rebellious, whatever, and therefore the promises aren't active. Again, all of this just doesn't fit. It doesn't fit Scripture. They, they, they have a preconceived idea. They're not using Scripture to back it up. So now let's look at let's look at what is scriptural, and specifically, I want to look at Galatians chapter four in verse twenty one to twenty nine. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Galatians chapter four. Verse 20, uh, what did I say? 21 to 29. And we're going to look at what the Apostle Paul says here in regards to the, uh, the, the, the dealing of, um, the promise. This is specifically the promise that is given to, uh, descendants of, of Abraham. Okay. So in verse 21, Paul says, tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondwoman, the other by a free woman. Verse 23. But he who was of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh, and he of the free woman through the promise. Okay, so you got that so far? So in verse 23, it says one was born of the flesh, meaning that obviously the conception of Ishmael through Hagar was not God's plan, was not God's promise, was not was not God's covenant, and it was done by the flesh. It was a scheme of the enemy. It was done in haste and in impatience and not uh, waiting on the promise of God, uh, and therefore it bore the flesh, and it bore uh, came through a a slave woman. But yet God did make a promise and did fulfill his promise. And that promise was given to Sarah, right? Through, um, who was a free woman, free to follow the promise. Now in verse 24, watch this. It says, which things are symbolic? Which things are symbolic? For there, these are the two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage, which is Hagar. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to Jerusalem, which is now and is in bondage with her children. So again, as it says, so it's talking about a symbolic picture because we know Sinai was not in modern day Arabia, but they went to Sinai and uh, the, the, the Ten Commandments were given on Sinai. The law was given on Sinai. So if they're, if they want to be under the law, they're of the flesh. Today, if they want to be under the law, they're of the flesh, not of the promise. Because of the promise, 
was what? A seed that would come that would break us from the law. Meaning the, 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 the consequence of the law, of the physical law, of the ceremonial law, of the moral laws of God, that we cannot fulfill the laws of God. Therefore, we are under, uh, judgment unless we're, uh, born again. And how can you be born again unless you are of the promise seed, which is the Messiah? I hope that makes sense. Now, uh, look at verse, let's see, let's see, let's see. Look at verse 28 now. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. We, brethren, so those who are in Christ, the brethren, are children of the promise. Verse 29. But as he who was born according to the flesh then persecuted him who was born according to the spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not. Now watch this. Remember on the program I said last time, again, Genesis 15 talks about the heir that the heir will inherit the land. So again, I'm a Christian Zionist. I'm a biblical Zionist. Why? Because I believe that the heir, which is the Jewish people, and the Messiah would come from that, that this is an outstanding promise. Therefore, I support the right of the Jewish people to the land as an outstanding promise. The heir is very specific. H-E-I-R. Cast out the bondwoman and her son, Paul says, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. Let me say that one more time. Cast out the bondwoman and her son, that's the Ishmaelites, the Arabs. I'm not saying that God didn't have a place for them. We know that from the Old Testament, that God gave them land to the east, but they have no claim to modern day Israel, they have no claim to the current land, they have no claim to Jerusalem, they have no claim to the promise. Unless they become heir, they become partakers of the promise through the seed, through Messiah. If they become in Christ, believe in Messiah, they're born again, then through the grafting they are made part of this promise. So one more time, cast out the bondwoman and her son for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, verse 31 says, so then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. So here's the breakdown. If you're under the law, meaning ceremonial, not moral law, because we're still subject to moral law, but we are, Christ has come to fulfill the law, right? Not abolish, but fulfill if we're under the ceremonial, if anybody's under the ceremonial law, they put themselves under the sacrificial system and under the ceremonial dietary restrictions and all these things, not by uh, personal edification, uh, but by compulsion or because believing that it's a sin issue or it's a salvation issue, this is being put under the law. This is the old covenant, old covenant. The new covenant is by faith, right? By faith. We don't reject the law we know is fulfilled and we're still subject to it, but it was fulfilled by faith. Okay. Who is the, uh, the, the mother of this promise that, that ultimately brought Christ to the new covenant? Not Hagar, but Sarah. Hagar was slave. Sarah was free. Um, who is the son of the promise? Not Ishmael, but Isaac. How did the birth come? One was by the flesh, Ishmael. One was by the promise and the Holy Spirit, Isaac. Are you getting this so far? Okay. One was in Mount Sinai, 
That's the law. One was the, on Mount Zion. Persian, you Persian, Sharam, why are you a Zionist? Because of the promise that comes on Mount Zion. It's a heavenly promise. And so, um, the law is, is modern day Jerusalem today. The Jews are trying to get back into the temple, into the third law. The Muslims are under their, uh, Islamic law. Uh, only true believers believe, understand the, the spiritual nature of, 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 of the promise. Understand that by faith in Christ, we have been redeemed and are of the promise of the coming kingdom of God. And finally, those are under the law, those under the 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 slave woman and and her son Ishmael are disinherited, but those who are of the promise are heirs. So anybody can come into the promise, right? Anybody, Arab, non-Arab, Muslim, uh, a Muslim like I was, or or anybody else, an atheist, anybody can come into the promise through Christ, through Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. But it does not mean that they are subject. The, the, the Arabs and the Palestinians have no airship to not only the, 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 the mountain, uh, meaning Jerusalem and Zion, they have no claim to the land and to the promises of the covenant. The promises of the Abrahamic covenant were given specifically to the Jewish people, but to those who would become heir. And you can only be heir, as Paul says in Galatians 3, only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. One more time. Only those who are of faith, meaning in Christ, are sons of Abraham, the true sons. Now you go, well, Sharon, what about an Arab Christian? Well, again, an Arab Christian can has spiritual heirship, but they do not have a right to the land, especially if we understand that we are not we are not to allegorize or spiritualize specific promises given to the nation of Israel and to the Jewish people. We're talking a national promise, a land promise, uh, a timing promise. Uh, all of these things are not to be allegorized, but they're literal, folks. If we have that view, then we are biblical Zionists. Don't be ashamed of it. Be proud to be a Zionist, biblically speaking. Let's reclaim the word Zionism as a, as a, as a, Former Muslim, as an, as a, one who was born in Iran, who again, as I said, is a, Iran is an avowed enemy of the Jewish people and of Israel. They want the destruction of the Jewish people. They want, the government of Iran wants to annihilate and wipe Israel into the sea. As one who came from that nation, who was born there, I'm proud to stand with the Jewish people. I'm proud to stand with Israel. I'm proud to stand on the promises of God and thank God that he brought the Messiah, the Savior, through that seed of the Jewish people. And thank God our Messiah is Jewish. Amen. So join us in the program next time. We'll bring more, more, and we're going to go through and break down all of those views of millennialism, dispensationalism, all these things. We'll break it down. We'll further talk about preterism and the dangers of preterism, the dangers of replacement theology. Uh, not that we should be ultimately dogmatic, but that why this completely throws off the view of understanding God in these last days that we are in. Folks, we are in the last days. And so I want to encourage you, if you have not called in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved, please pray today. Call on his name to be saved. Lord Jesus, I believe who you are, that you were, you, you died for my sins. You were buried. You were raised from the dead. You are the son of God. You are the, the living God. And only can I be saved through your name. 
In Jesus' name I pray this. Join us in the program next time. God bless you. Amen. Thank you for listening to Truth in Love Radio with Pastor Sharam Hadian. You can visit our website, order DVDs, subscribe to our podcast, or support the ministry at www.tilproject.com. Please join us next time for another installment of Truth in Love Radio.